Hi, I'm Simon Rushton and this is Taxi Chronicles podcast. On this podcast, we spontaneously interview unsuspecting passengers with their permission, allowing them to share their intimate life stories and concerns. As our slogan states, real riders, real stories. Some riders prefer to be anonymous, while others ask me to tell their story later on. Either way, there are all genuine 5 to 10 minutes stories. So sit back and enjoy this episode. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we are back. Today we have another ride in the car. His name's Freddy and um, he's recovering from the night before. <laughs> I asked him why he doesn't come out, uh, why he doesn't go out once in a while, but he says his recovery is a bit of an issue. So, Freddie is in the property development industry, and we're just going to have a chat about that. Me being a site manager as um, my trade and what I qualified in. So, Freddie, nice to have you here today. Nice to meet you. <laughs> okay, that's good. So, tell us, how did you get into this restaurant building industry, and uh, what motivates you? My, my father uh, started his career as a furniture designer and then every house we ever lived in he basically did up so I kind of grew up in a house that was always being built so it was sort of a natural move for me mm. to go into it. So are you a tradesman yourself? I'm not. I design stuff um, and then I manage my team basically. So you're not even a bit of a jack of all? No, so my guys when, whenever I pick up a hammer, they ask me to put it straight back down. <laughs> okay. Please, boss. No, no, don't do it. Don't they do say it. it just means it's going to take, take much longer to finish if I do that. So. Okay. Okay. So when you said your, your old man used to design, um, he used to refurbish or fit out, was it just the kitchen or was it the whole no, house? No, So, yeah, we always... The first house I lived in had three floors, but you could, you could see the stars at night through the roof from the ground floor because it was that okay bust up and yeah we just so he just did absolutely everything and uh i really enjoyed the process and i think that's probably where it all came from how, how did your mum deal with that uh a lot of sleepless <laughs> nights and a lot of shouting at him telling him to hurry up and finish it and i take it they're still married he's sadly he's passed away oh okay uh, but they are still married um, oh, yeah. okay. and my mum my mum's back in the west country Still in one of the houses that we grew up in, actually. Okay, well that's good. She's yeah. got memories, isn't it? Yeah, Re- exactly. Real sentimental. She probably wishes she, she she could have him to shout at. Now. I'm sure she still shouts it. <laughs> shouts over in the, in the sleep. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how long does these um, projects take? What are the kind of demands that customers are asking of you? Well, the good thing about what I do is because we build restaurants as well as private houses, is that each one is very different, and you get a lot of creativity in each each separate job mm-hmm. and that's the bit that I get excited by is that somebody comes up with an idea and then you have to turn it into a reality and that process is the bit that I enjoy of, of the building trade so you're like the engineer and the fit out guy yeah well, so it's my company and I I employ the right people for the right job so if we need an architect we've got a couple of architects okay. we employ and I've got a team of six that work for me full time and then when we need other people we, we pull them in is it you say it's being creative do you do you have to find you have to guide the customer's vision or most of the customers are just dead set on what they know they want there's usually 
really only ever two types of client. One that knows exactly what they're doing and what they want, and you just have to execute it for them, or the ones that you have to sort of, you, you definitely do a lot of hold hand, hand holding, sorry. Um, and and e- equally, they're both sort of fun to work with because some people need the help, and other people, you just get on and get it done. So it's, it's interesting, I like that, that aspect as well. I like the fact that I meet so many different people mm. in what I do, that's good too. Yeah, I can believe it. And you get uh, you must have a great portfolio. We've done quite a few, um, but that's because I'm getting old now. <laughs> How many projects do you reckon you've done? Uh, so I reckon in London, I think I've built about eight restaurants, and then I bought, built four in Africa. Oh, is it? In Ghana. But okay. we, we built them in the UK, and then we shipped them out there. Okay. Um, so kind of like an IKEA sort of format, but is much, it? much better design than that. So is it solid wood you're dealing with, or the old MDF? Bit, a bit of everything. Um, I, I'm a massive fan of using proper materials like wood, but you know, MDF is, is king now. Everyone's using it. Yeah, I suppose it's cheap and affordable. Exactly. And yeah, and then you can always just change the look of the kitchen by just changing the doors. Exactly. In people five ask, years to people come. People ask for that quite a lot. Just can you just change all my doors, please? Yeah, just uh, I don't want to spend any money. Just make it look better. <laughs> well, that's interesting because I never thought of it. There's a that's a that's a niche business as well. Yeah, I, I, I do actually know someone that basically just does that. He goes around. People have like cheap kitchens and they just offers to replace the, the, the fronts to sort of respray them and stuff and it's a good, it's a good little business. Yeah, all you need is a, a, a screw gun. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a screw screwdriver gun. and a spray spray painter. Yeah, so what's it, on the spray paint, so he actually sprays the doors? Yeah. Or like, these are wooden doors? He or? usually takes them, takes them off, takes them away, takes them back to his workshop, sprays them to whatever colour you want and then brings them back. Because you wouldn't be doing that with MDF. MDF would have to go. Well, you can. So you can do that with MDF. A lot, of, like a lot of the cabinets and stuff that we build are all built out of that. Um, and you just, you just give it hundreds of coats of paint. Oh, is it? Oh, you, you wouldn't get the, a, a new fresh veneer and stick on there. Well, it's a, veneer is slightly, slightly different. Um, I don't like using that stuff very much. Oh, okay. Um, but you know, you've got to give clients what they want. Mm-hmm. So if people want to find you, where can they find you? My company's called Scott and Willis. Scott and Willis, so that's just S-C-O-T-T and then Willis, W-I-L-L-I-S. Exactly. And you're on Instagram? We are indeed. You know, so it's the same for Instagram? Yeah. All your social media platforms? That's it, that's, I, I don't oh. really do any others. It's, oh. just, it's just Instagram, but Instagram's good because people can see what you're up to. Yeah, okay. Um, you thought about TikTok? No, too old for that stuff. Yeah, I don't know get the kids, that. get the kids to work it out. Yeah, you'll be surprised. Kids will make you rich. No YouTube channel. No YouTube channel. You need to be don't, on YouTube. Don't know how huh? to do that. Need to be. <laughs> don't, don't know how to do that. Uh, don't have to, time for that. Is it? You need to get a young person to do that for you. That's when you're really gonna get business. But I'm interested that you um, exported to Ghana. Yeah, it was really fun. That I so I built I built a restaurant in London, and then one of the guys that was working there went out to to Africa to to live, mm-hmm. and he met a guy, 
that was opening restaurants and he turned around to him and said if you if you need anyone to do procurement and get stuff for you call call this guy and so he called me up and uh, we did one restaurant and he said if this goes well I'll do another one in th two three years and after six months he called me back and he was like it's gone really well let's do another one and that's how we kept opening did you fly out there to never <laughs> never that's the most interesting so you've never been to Ghana it's like okay never ever been there I got invited to every opening and just for one reason or another I never never made it um, mm -hmm. but so I've never seen these restaurants in the flesh it's quite it's quite sad okay because so, I have a sister podcast which I do called Africa investor story is all about people from around the world who've invested in Africa and how the investments went. Sure. So that's, that's why I was so very, yeah. very intrigued to hear his uh, experience of what it was like and how it went. Especially, obviously, he's got to go through the getting the, the kitchen through the, the fit out through customs and. Yeah. So we we literally put everything into a shipping container, and then three four weeks later it would arrive, and then it would sit at the port for another three or four weeks. Yeah, and then he'd have to go down and get it. And one of them, one of them was full of kitchen equipment, and the other one was full of the front of house stuff, all the design stuff that mm -hmm. I did. And uh, he couldn't get the kitchen stuff out. So, yeah. so I think he, he I had think to pay might, a bribe. Yeah, I think there was a bribe. Yeah, yeah. I think it's there was just, probably a bribe. Sadly, it's a standard thing. Yeah. Unless you're connected, or you usually, I don't know. I could tell you about East Africa with uh, the Kenya. If you use the Somalian. They have their own way of dealing with things, sure. getting things through, but uh, West Africa is quite different. So what do you prefer? Do you prefer doing the restaurants or doing the... I suppose there's a bit of vanity in doing the restaurants because you know that lots of people are going to come and see what you've made. Mm -hmm. Whereas you do a residential property, it's, it's just for the people that are going to live in it. Um, but I find them both really interesting because you're building someone's home, that's... You're being tasked with building someone's favourite place, and that's quite a nice thing to, to be doing. But yeah. then restaurants, you, you get a bit more creative. You get, mm. you have to do something that's going to draw people in. So that's and they've got a fun. theme, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, I would have thought theme because it's restaurant like bar, kind of all all as one. Okay. Okay. But I would never own a restaurant. You no. <laughs> okay. Anyone that owns a restaurant in London's got to be mad. Is it's it? just so difficult to make money. You got you basically end up living there, working too hard to make it happen. And I've seen so many sort of come and go that. That's interesting. I'd never do it. I'm doing it myself. But then people got to eat. Exactly. So would you? You you're probably off better off owning one of those kind of not a pop-up but where it's just takeaways like food just uber trucks, eats yeah yeah uber eats quite a good thing yeah that kind of things people uh, and they get lazier um you know i could i could confess there's many a night i wanted to eat and if it wasn't for uber eats i would have i would have eaten <laughs> i wouldn't have eaten you must be dealing with a lot of housewives Dealing with kitchen. There are there are a few housewives. And that must be an interesting because are they indecisive? Or is there a lot of you know a lot of hassle? What, what? The, the good thing about the fact that I'm now quite old, I've been through that so many times with people that you kind of know how to deal with it. And how would you how do you deal with it? Share share this inner secret. Well, I don't know. I don't know if there is an inner secret. I think you just got to be a good judge of character, and then 
figure out each person individually. Have you ever turned down a job just to say no? Just, I yeah. Don't think this is yeah, quite a few. <laughs> you can, you can, I can walk in a room and know almost instantly, a couple of minutes, whether they're going to be a good client, bad client, or or somebody you shouldn't work with at all. So a good client, someone who pays and know, and kind of knows what they want or willing to listen to you. A bad client is uh, it's people that nitpick before you've even started. Um, people that expect too much um, for what they're when, paying when it's not a reality to, to achieve that. Um, I also really don't like working for people that try and live in the property whilst you're doing the work. I said trying to watch you, isn't it? Well, it's just very difficult when because because it's your home. It's very difficult to be so, happy with loads of big burly men mucking around in your house at the yeah. same time. So it's difficult for them. It's difficult for the boys to do their job properly. So that's no fun. Uh-huh. So we try not to do that much. How has this whole lockdown affected you? Are people still interested in doing up their kitchens? Yeah, a lot of people got a lot of money from the government. Weirdly, we uh, we didn't because construction basically didn't stop during lockdown. Um, because <laughs> I'm based in West London, there's quite a few rich people there. Yeah. Most of them just went to their houses in the countryside, so they just called up and said, "Go and fix our houses." And there's, there's no one in it. Yeah. Um, which I know wasn't the case for everybody, but we were we were lucky in that respect. Okay, so if anything, you you said, guys, we've got opportunity here. Let's not waste it. Yeah, and we we had to change the way we worked. So I only I basically let one guy have a floor each, so they were a distance from each other. Um, and luckily, we didn't have any problems. It was it was good. Okay, what would you say that you um have learnt from in all your years you were you've been in this business what 20 years or something yeah, yeah about that so in your 20 year career what would you say you've learned that you wish you knew when you had started uh, i think probably one of the best things that i we i've got is that if you look after your staff they look after you and i've got a very very good team of guys that have been with me for a very long time okay and uh yeah, it's a, a very dysfunctional, functional family. <laughs> so it's like a family business, really. Well, so I've got a couple of okay, a couple of Romanian guys that work for me, a couple of Polish guys, and then up until recently, two Brazilian boys. And so it's quite a, a mix of people. Most people sort of just have teams from the same sort of place, but the Romanians are really the Mighty Romanians are really good uh, finishers. They're really detailed, mm-hmm. and then the the Polish were they're quite good at smashing stuff up. <laughs> and then the the Brazilians are just sort of relaxed and methodical. They they don't they never work fast, but they just cruise through stuff. And oh. it's quite interesting to see the different dynamics, different. So it's all a, ref- a cult- that's a, a quite a cultural reflection of where they come from. Yeah. Because Brazil being a hot, chilled out, loving. And they, they are basically that. They sort of like they just sort of cruise around. <laughs> so, you can never, you can never get them to do anything any faster. So you, just, you got, you have to accept that. Yes, yeah, so but they're loyal. Yeah, they, well, they were really good. Yeah, they were all, they're all really good boys. <laughs> I'm very lucky. Okay. I'm not sure if you want to share this with them. This is episode. No, I, w- I would never let them know that how much I, lo- I like, appreciate. <laughs> got to keep them on their toes. Okay, that's good. And um. <laughs> But last but not least, what's the impact you want to have on the world? Uh, so I, the thing that I wish happened more often is that 
we always offer like a green alternative so we say look this is the price for doing it the, what, the current way but there is cheap there's not these you know solar panels and ground source heat pumps and things you can do to be more eco-friendly but they tend to be more expensive at the moment mm -hmm. and so a lot of the time people say no to it so I hope I hope that in years to come that that becomes cheaper and it becomes a standard that we start looking after this world rather than okay, taking so, from it. So yeah, you're concerned about the environment. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's good. What, what methods, I know that was the last question, but what methods in relation to the environment, as you put, what are that you recommend for people today? Well, I think the, the biggest problem we've got in London is that Double glazing and, and insulation is the best way to, to, to stop uh, heat getting out of your house. Mm -hmm. You have double glazing and you have insulation. You really don't need to use your your boiler as much and your heating as much, mm -hmm. um, and therefore you, you don't expel as much CO2, gas, CO2 carbon monoxide, and, yeah, uh, carbon monoxide, and um, and then you're saving the planet as well as saving money in your pocket. So, mm -hmm. but would you say the temperature depends on the person? Definitely. Because yeah. I know I love the heat. Yeah, so I don't, I hate, I hate being hot. I'd much rather be cold because you can put a jumper on and do something about it, but you can't, you can't, you can't do it the other way around. Yeah, I, 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 I used to be in the military, so I used to hear that you can dress for the cold, but you can't do anything when you're sweaty bollocks naked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, on, on another note, I always say what is only uncomfortable about the heat is if you're in a contained space so if you're like let's say like we're sitting down on these pvc or leather seats whatever they are you become sticky so you need to control the temperature yeah but if you're sitting under a tree under a beach the heat doesn't matter because the breeze the palm trees the breeze take me yeah. there that sounds great <laughs> Everything's ideal, so we're obviously Europe is not based on being um, uh, not based on being cold uh, in that respect. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks a lot for that, uh, Freddie. Um, do you want to pump your company one more time? Scott and Willis Limited. Come find us. <laughs> okay then. Thanks a lot. Bye. We hoped you liked that episode. Keeping in mind, we never know who we're going to interview. We post twice a day, 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. GMT. Have you ever considered the future economies to invest in? Why not listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories? Considering Africa has the fastest growing economies and population on Earth and has done for many years, it holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. We publish twice a week, Tuesday with a guest investor and Fridays talking about investment, politics and history, providing a clear understanding for any potential investor.